0: Welcome, my friends. I hope you're having a beautiful day wherever you are. I wanted to share with you one of the questions that I was asked nearly a decade ago that had absolutely profound consequence on my life. And as someone who makes a living off of asking questions, I take questions very seriously. And it's one I think that could have a huge benefit for you if you take it seriously And the question is, what's the one thing that if you added it to your life would have the most profound consequence? And the second part of that question is, what's the one thing that if you took it away would have the most profound consequence? And for me, the answer to that question, I'm going to focus on the latter half. What I would take away because I think in life, we often think about all the things that we can add, right? We live in a, in a consumer oriented society that, that, that often trains us that if only we have X, we'll be happy. And it's, it's an accumulation game, right? Like get the bigger box of a house, you know, get the, get the, the, the nice car. It's all, it's all about adding things. And I, by the way, I'm not going to say that those things can't add tremendous joy and happiness to your life. But I do think one of the more powerful questions we can ask ourselves is what can we take away? Like, what can we edit from our life such that the consequence is exponential? And for me, I want to talk about the thing that I've recently cut out that has had exponential consequence on my life. And that, my friends, is giving up alcohol. So, just for transparency's sake, I was not an alcoholic. Um, Total support to those who are in recovery. Um, I I wouldn't always say I had a healthy relationship with alcohol. I, I don't know that having a healthy relationship with alcohol truly exists as I've gone deeper into the science. But, like many, I was socialized to see alcohol as a social lubricant and as someone who deeply cares about people, as someone who's writing a book about relationships, it's a topic that has has stayed with me. It's one I've ruminated on for for many years. And what ultimately led me to the decision of giving up, for now. You know, I I always say, you know, like, you know, I'm always in the listening. Should down the road I be on the coast of Italy with my future wife and she wants to have a glass of red wine and it feels exactly right. I'm not saying I will never have a drink again, but I am saying that by and large, I have come to see alcohol for what it is, which is very attractively packaged poison. Uh, And what I mean by that is, you know, we, there's this sort of biological aspect as, there, as it relates to alcohol, there's the social and psychological aspect. And I've done the cost-benefit analysis. And I've tried, I tried everything. You know, I was like, you know, maybe if I just drink dry red wine, you know, it, it'll be fine. And what I kept coming back to, and I imagine if you're watching this video, you may be thinking about, is why would I consume something... That ultimately causes me to have a compromise next day, slash potentially days. Um, why would I, you know, granted, there are some nights, keeping it real talk, where I was out with my friends and I, I had some good times and, and some of those good times involved alcohol, but I also had a lot of not so good times. And a lot of days after where I felt like crap. And I noticed that my biggest downs, both the day after, but also like when I really stepped back, like my progressive like seasons where I was like in a more of a depressive mood, oftentimes were catalyzed by alcohol. And the expense was significant, right? Like there's the material expense, where literally I would spend you know hundred I lived in New York City so that was not that was not hard that was three three cocktails with tip but um, I would spend hundreds of dollars um, I would then eat poorly the next day and therefore uh, you know need to do all the things to get myself back to where I was and it was this kind of this constant game of of trying to get back to st- to kind of, to basics, to homeostasis. And the whole reason being that, you know, you're, we're socialized to believe that consuming alcohol somehow enhances our, our you know, maybe it reduces our anxiety or, or makes it e- for easier for us to talk to other people or for whatever reason, we, we somehow see it as this this social lubricant. And the truth of the matter is, you know, yes, a great cocktail can be delicious, but by and large, it's there's so many other things I could do with someone else that would generate a deeper level of connection, that doesn't involve people getting sloppy. And let me just say, like, I'll tell you actually a, 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 a kind of a heartbreaking story. I wasn't planning on sharing, but last night I literally was driving home, uh, had not had anything to drink. It was a Saturday night. I live in Venice, California, and there was a, a young woman, like tragically walking through the middle of the street and she had her passport out. And I was like, there's a lot of homeless, you know, there's, there's some mentally unwell people around, but something about the picture just struck me as wrong. And as I was turning out of my street, I was like, you know what, I'm going to turn around and go check on her. And I turned the car around and, you know, to make a long story short, she was not in a good way. And, uh, she only had her passport. She had lost her phone. She didn't have her wallet. She didn't have any way to get home, and I wound up spending the next, basically, hour and a half, um, I drove her home, we couldn't get into her building, went to the doorman next door, uh, try, finally convinced someone to allow us into the building, and then we got to, luckily, her apartment where there was someone staying that was allowed her to, to come into the house, but it was a real catalyst for me, just a reminder of like how dangerous also it can be when we, we lose ourselves. And obviously, you know, there's, there's, there's so many ways in which we can lose ourselves through the consumption of alcohol, but it, it just was a deeper reminder of, you know, we have this precious life, you know, and we have all these opportunities. And like this young woman, you know, she was, a smart young woman, you know, like super capable, There no zero judgment on, on my behalf. It was simply to say, you know, like, why do we put ourselves in circumstances where, you know, we're in a real, really a dangerous spot, you know, like she was lost walking down the street with, with nothing, you know? And thankfully, like I had no ill intention and just wanted to help her out. But like, I can't say that it's the case for everyone, you know? And and that's an extreme example, but I think there's so many more microaggressions that we do to ourselves when we, you know, consistently consume things that are toxic for us. And for me, this was one of the biggest reckonings. And I, I have this, this aura ring, uh, no affiliation, but it tracks my sleep. And my dad, uh, many of, uh, of you who have been listening or watching for, for the last few years know, had dementia. And so I became acutely aware of the preciousness of our health and the health of our loved ones. And I looked at the science and honestly, like I was like, man, I'm, I'm kind of like destroying my brain slowly over time, like through these slow aggressions on my on my cerebral, you know, uh, hemispheres. And I just saw that my sleep, which is when your brain takes out the trash, was profoundly compromised by consuming alcohol. Uh, I read Matthew Walker's Why We Sleep. And I, I, I used to think, oh, one or two drinks, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. And that's not to say you can't manage that, a, a couple drinks here and there. I'm not you know, here to say everyone you know, quit alcohol. But I am here to say that I have found profound benefits in giving it up. And also, you know, one of the other things, I think one of the th- reasons that I kind of kept it in my life, I took a year and a half off and then went back, largely because I had this belief that with dating, you know, a woman might think it was weird if, if we went out and, and she had wine and I didn't. And, like, the truth of the matter is it doesn't bother me at all if someone else is drinking. But I just got so confident in myself that I was like, you know what, If some if, 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 if someone I'm going on a date with, like, really trips out because I'm not drinking – one, they're just not my person. But two, the level of connection that I have with people when I'm not inebriating myself is actually like far superior anyway. I mean, like a level of conversation that's superior. I feel freaking amazing the next day. Like, I'm not hungover. Uh, I sleep like a champion. I'm more productive. Uh, I have. You know, there's now incredibly like delicious mocktails that you can make. So it's not like I can't drink something with like nootropics or or other things that actually make me feel good. Last night, kombucha, soda, water, like there's plenty of stuff to drink, and I have a great time. Like and if I'm by the way, if I am in a social circumstance where I'm consistently feeling like I need to drink, it's probably a sign. That either there's something going on in me where I need to meditate or assuage my anxiety or my inner GPS is like, yo, this ain't my kind of party. It's time to bounce. You know. And I think too often we, we sacrifice our own inner knowing and kind of numb that out using alcohol. And it keeps us in, like a, in mediocrity for lack of a better term. And again, I sort of bring it full circle when I ask myself that question, like if you listening or watching are like, what would my life look like if it was an 11 out of 10? You know, like what are the things that are keeping me from my version of an 11? I can just speak for myself. For myself, alcohol was keeping me from an 11. Like it was keeping me like consistently, like even on a great night, I was not the best version of myself. And I think in life, we've got to take the hard look at the areas that are maybe like good, but keep us from great. Another way to think about it is where is my fun coming at the consequence of my greater fulfillment? Because I think we can find ways to find fulfillment and fun that are aligned. And for me, what I realized is, is the habit of drinking wasn't aligned. It, it, it compromised both my true sense of fun as well as a deeper aspect of my fulfillment. And the kinds of relationships, this is, the harder, this is the harder look, is I realized many of my relationships were actually with party friends, like people that I would go out socializing with. And Oprah has an incredible quote that I love. She says, everyone wants to drive with you when you're in the limo. What you want are the people that'll ride with you on the bus, and what I realized is my party friends were my limo friends. When we were at the party or when we were out and about, like everything was cool, but they weren't really calling me to check on me, you know, if I, if, you know, if I was ever moving or it's something unsexy I needed help with, like they were never there. They were never around, you know, back when I used to throw a music festival, they'd call me for tickets for the music festival, but like, you know, God forbid if I was in the hospital or someone else in the hospital that I cared about, like they likely would not be the people there, you know? And we are the sum of the five people we spend the most time with. And if, you, if most of the people you're socializing with are the cats you, like, grew up with who are, like, you know, still drinking at the same bar, you know, decades later. By the way, not to vilify anyone who's chilling in their na- local, you know, neighborhood spot. It's just to say you got to recognize the people and the behaviors that you're surrounding yourself with. That's, like, your social nutrition, And when we think about our social nutrition, it's key to think about who are the people that are elevating us to be the highest versions of ourselves, right? Like, what is that version of 11? And I'm not saying society's version of 11. Your own defined version of an 11 for you. And what I will just share is for me, alcohol didn't play in the equation. And so for now, it's not not part of the mix. And I can say definitively, having taken... Multiple periods for those who are thinking about doing it, you know, take 30 days off. Uh, my friend Lewis Howes challenged me in 2015 to take 30 days off. And that 30 day period actually was the genesis for a whole new chapter of my life. And uh, it wound up actually the catalyst for a meditation uh, event that I wound up getting to host with His Holiness the Dalai Lama in 2015 for his 80th birthday. Subsequently, I did a year and a half off alcohol. And that actually coincided with my father's passing. And being totally sober for that precious time, being able to hold his hand, being able to be fully present with all the emotions during that really challenging but really beautiful time is something I am so profoundly grateful for. And yeah, when I think about all these beautiful moments in life like i don't want to forget them i don't want to have dull memories of them you know like if we if you are alive watching this video listening to this podcast and you have your health and time ahead of you you have won the lottery my friend like that is true wealth and so the question i would ask is how are you using that time how are you investing that time with whom and and are the things that you're surrounding yourself with adding or taking away? Like there's a concept I love, batteries and black holes. People can be batteries, people can be black holes. Substances can be batteries, substances can be black holes. And for me, what I realized is alcohol on measure was a black hole in my life. And so I would encourage you, if you're thinking about taking some time off alcohol to just think about like the ways in which it is either of service or not of service to you and of course there's incredible research out there you know I've done the deep dive um, on you know consequence on sleep consequence on the brain etc but I can just say from a social point of view it's not what it's hyped up to be I have a great time not drinking and if this is something that you're curious about uh, please leave your thoughts below in the comments. Um, if, you've, if you've taken on a challenge yourself and found any success, uh, leave them below in the comments. I'd love to know your thoughts. I'd, I'd love to hear anyone who takes on a challenge of going off alcohol, uh, what, they, what they feel on the other side of that. You know, I think so oftentimes our inner thermostat lets us know how we truly feel about something and that was the other piece for me. Alcohol was like I would take these 30-day periods off or I'd do like a 60-day and my intuition was so strong. I was so attuned to myself like a like a musical instrument, you know? And my music was 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 in resonance. And then as soon as I would drink, it was like it was like I was in San Francisco and the antenna that was up, you know, the clouds came in, the fog came in wasn't necessarily inherently bad, but all the work I had done to sort of clean the vessel that was me to sort of tune my instrument was all of a sudden out of tune. And so whatever you guys need to do to tune your instrument, I'd love to hear about your song and the music that you're making. So go ahead and uh, leave a comment below. Let me know if you're taking on uh, a no alcohol challenge, if so, for how long. And for those who are, are doing so, What are you finding to be helpful in the process for for others who are considering it? Thank you guys for listening. Uh, So appreciate you. And let's go.